0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. Well, I've got another interview for us today, and it's not often, with the exception of uh, when I interview Christopher Ward, that I get to interview another British watch brand. So I would like to welcome Sam from Author. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Hi, how you I hopefully won't get too confused, and there's two Sams, but hopefully uh, people that are watching this know who I am, so we can distinguish between the two. <laughs> for anyone that's not heard of the brand, these are very distinctive looking watches but I'd love to hear a little bit of a a background maybe about yourself to start with how did you get into watch collecting and then we'll move on to the uh, the brand and how you got started.
1: Yeah sure I guess um, I started early Um, I was lucky enough my um, granddad worked for Swatch and um, as part of not necessarily actually to do with the watches though he worked as an engineer for the original smart car And he, um, that had like uh, attachments to Swatch originally. And he was part of the engineering team. He came from a car design background. And um, I then came, uh, you know, he used to come back from Switzerland with all the uh, original Swatch watches, all the pop watches, all these colorful things. And I used to collect them. And then um, eventually I went to university. I studied car design, uh, similar to what he did. And then I into product design when I was there and my first job was as a watch designer and that's when the love of watches really took on a next level because up until that point again I was just following you know what I was doing when I was collecting swatch watches so I, sort of, I went moved on to G-Shock I moved on to anything that I could afford and then um, yeah eventually became a watch designer for um, a company
0: in Birmingham. Um, which was the first step into into watch design. Yeah, people forget about about the smart car because wasn't it Swatch and Mercedes at the start? It
1: was, yeah. It was Swatch and Mercedes at the start. And um, he obviously wouldn't come home with uh, and, and show me off what he was doing day to day. But he has a loft full of uh, old drafts of the original concepts and prototypes. And it's just so beautiful to see these things. Um, and I just remember as a kid getting so excited actually being allowed to see... The drawings he'd come home with, we're looking at like uh, the prototypes of the Mondeo and uh, other contracts that was working on. And it was, it was just always stuck with me that now mm-hmm. I can absolutely apply that passion in my my
0: actual job. When you contacted me the other day, this was the first time that I'd, I'd heard about the, the brand. And I, I think what intrigues me about them is the, the very distinctive style. I, I'm interested to know how you got started and. how how the initial release went. I know you're currently doing a Kickstarter or you're about to launch one. Was that how the brand started originally?
1: Yeah, so if we rewind like 10 years ago, we launched the first collection on uh, Indiegogo. We originally applied for Kickstarter and I don't know whether it was something to do with um, rule changes at the time or the way that they originally accepted projects, but we grafted long and hard for this uh, um, this uh, crowdfunding project for the first collection. And at the final hurdle, we weren't allowed to present it on Kickstarter. And we thought, am I allowed to swear on this? <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, like, are we gonna really, and what are we gonna do here? Like, what are we gonna, this is an absolute nightmare. So we ended up launching it on Indiegogo and the original launch was okay. Um, we managed to um, fund the full project. We combined it with um, you know, our own savings and we presented the watch at loads of design shows and lots of gift shows and lots of uh, enthusiast shows like classic car shows at the time. And um, yeah, the initial launch went so well because we'd We felt we came up with something quite original, and lots of other people did. And it just has carried on ever since. We're on our ninth collection now, um, and we, you know, COVID, except you know, that obviously threw a massive spanner in the works. But we essentially do one collection every year, and keep them limited, and uh, try to do something different. And that's the the general gist of the of the designs that we do. we try to, essentially trying to show off this gradual, evo, gradual evolution in the watches we do in terms of uh, the stories it's telling and the, the finish of the, the components. Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially it in a nutshell. I could talk about it all day and sometimes <laughs> it's difficult to stop. You can talk about it all day, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, the, the simple, um, simple uh, explanation of it
0: you know that time's going fast when you think about kickstarter being around for 10 years i know it's 10 years plus just yeah Yeah. and it's it's amazing to see how it
1: has transformed like it's an absolute powerhouse now at the beginning it was it was still operating in such a niche um and the designs and innovations that you're seeing nowadays was nothing like that 10 years ago um and like their rules have even changed, so we're in a fortunate position where the product does qualify to be accepted onto these platforms. But I remember at the time, yeah, it was very difficult to adhere to their checklist of things that they expected. I think at the time, I think it was basically too finished was their problem. like we were essentially going to them with a almost physical almost finished product, whereas that's kind of what they expect now. Um, yeah, it was odd very
0: odd but yeah do you think that's for the better because i think early on a lot of the watch projects i'm thinking Yema, the guys over at Veya, a couple of the others they did quite they did really well didn't they and it seemed like it was because there was a few real probably similar to yourself really well designed watches but then it became it became kind of like oversaturated, didn't it? And I wonder whether that was a good yeah. or the bad thing. I, I've backed two Kickstarters, both of which the finished product was, I would say, 80% there. Oh, really? Wow, okay. I, I've reviewed both of these. One was, was Mayen, and the other one was the guys over at, um, <clears throat> at Walbrook. And, and the, both of them produced a really good watch, but I felt like the the issues that those watches had, A, because... It, this is one of the things that I think with Kickstarter, sometimes you you have to expect to maybe get like a more of like a prototype. But the other things that I felt with that let those two down were the end to end supply chain. I felt like mm-hmm. their the the vision was there, but maybe their suppliers let them down. So main had like a funny crown, and then the, the Walbrook team went with a. I think probably the entry-level Miyota movement, and it it was just really noisy when it got it the, the case wasn't. You could really hear the rotor in, and, and the the movement that they used was the non hacking one, so it wasn't. I don't think it reflected the price of the watch. But can you talk to me about that? I mean, your first watches. How much of the did you have to outsource the entire the entire process, or? And then how does the process work now? But I guess from the early watch, did you have somebody else manufacture it?
1: Yeah, we um, have gone through um, uh, quite a number of um, manufacturers and suppliers throughout the years um, that as the project advances, we, it, it allows us to execute, we need the ability to execute something else. It kind of open you know we finish this watch over here and then all of a sudden it opens the gate to looking at doing this this and this now um so the very first watch we didn't even do an automatic it was a quartz. we every single and that was purely down to financial reasons we weren't in a position to it's not like we were sitting on a lot of capital that we could invest straight into producing the exact watch that we wanted to do. I'd say only until recently that we are producing the pieces that we would love to have done from the very beginning, but it was um, what we could do at the time. And we thought we've got to launch this somehow and get our ideas out there. So it wasn't until our third collection where we basically started introducing automatic movements. And it seems crazy now because all of our watches are automatics and it's a fundamental part of our brand. And it's not to say that, We still get a lot of interest in the Quartz. It's it's interest across our entire collection still. Um, But we have managed over the... We want to keep... We've never had the ambition to grow this brand into um, thousands and thousands and thousands of units every year. and We keep it small, and so we need to work with people that can cater for that. And it's... We've combined... um, uh manufacturers from the far east with uh manufacturers in switzerland and even manufacturers over here when it comes to um the tool making for our straps it's we we now know who does what the best at the price that we need to 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 produce it for and so when those components come to the workshop we're comfortable that we know we can stick to critical paths that we've you know, published from twelve months ago to to people on Kickstarter, for example, where I know that John, who's my business partner, who works, um, you know, actually in front of the um, you know assembling watches all day, he the, those errors have been ironed out now. We know that as those pieces come to the workshop, 99.9% of the time, they're perfect because they've gone through 12 months of development. And there's never a problem when it gets to that fire. I mean, with the exception of last year, (laughs) we had a fire next door to our unit. It was nothing to do with us, but we thought, oh, we've got this covered. Like, this is, it's so streamlined now. We've got this beautifully well-oiled machine. And in I think it was like the month before Christmas, this like event occurred, and it basically put us back two weeks. but fortunately we'd 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 already absorbed that time, like we've published this critical path that could take cater for that, so we knew that as these components were were, were coming in, it's like okay they 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 fit, they're fine, they work we, we test them, they ship, and it's it's been like that for a number of years now, um you know. Probably at the same time we moved into the larger premises that could cater for all of the processes that we need to undertake um, yeah that's it, it, it we don't we allow it to um, grow every year so any new capabilities that we need to either explore or, or start introducing into our watches will we'll go to the people that we work with and we um, increase our network and, and 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 find other 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 places to help us. Uh, but we're pretty we've been pretty happy with our current setup for um,
0: I'd say about three to four years now. Um, so how much of the process is done in the UK? I, I know this from speaking to other brands. It, it's here in the US as well, where assembly is done in the countries, but a lot of the actual machining and the tooling of the the movements and all that's obviously moved away. So how much of the process? can you do in the uk and also is is that important to you that there's more done over time or are you happy with the current setup no object
1: on the actual case itself is manufactured in the uk we will we will build those individual components and we will engineer those ourselves so we produce technical drawings we sketch we um when it comes to things like the strap uh, manufacturing we will take care of that ourselves we are um actively producing a uh, a prototype watch with the same individual that produces our um our our tools to assemble these watches to actually build a case ourselves that's the ambition so the ambition is to have a watch it's almost like we we've catalogued these this heritage of timepieces over the last 10 years that um the ultimate goal is to get to a position where we say okay this is our this is our dream silhouette at the end here and also by the way we've manufactured every single component kind of this watch ourselves and we've built it ourselves um we'd never get I, I don't think we'll ever get into a position where we can uh manufacture the movements ourselves or assemble the movements ourselves because of the price point and the area of the market that we're operating in but i can i can certainly see us getting to a point where we can uh, manufacture the case and have it tested to the specification that we want it to um, and that's almost like a, uh no, not exactly a secret project that's going on but it's sort of a bit like a development alongside the watches that you see out there um, and whether we produce that in the guise under the same under the same brand or whether we put it to one side so we can almost have like two distinct areas of watch building um remains to be seen but yeah that's always been in active development it's just hasn't been ready to kind of been showcased yet to
0: so your most recent range that you released what these these a lot of these watches might not necessarily be My personal style, but there there is no doubt that these are incredible designs, aren't they Nobody could say that these are like a homage of another watch or anything along those lines. No, absolutely not. The last range was the 1973 watches or number Mm. 1973. I, I love I love the offset crown. Obviously, very industrial looking. What was the? How did this range go? And what was the design choices or the inspiration behind behind this particular model? We've basically got to a
1: point where um, we, every year we gather our thoughts and try to find a starting point. It, this happens usually around September time um, when we think, OK, well, the structure of the brand is centred around uh, decade by decade, um, watch design we're almost retelling the evolution but modernizing it within our own design language so like you said rather than just paying homage to an established style we'll try to you know gather as much information and context from that specific part in time and generate something a little bit more interesting and innovative you know putting on our hat where we think okay if we were a watch brand in that decade how would our watches look like knowing what we know now and and everything like that so we launched year, reached the milestone of um, the 1970s and thought okay well we knew that the 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 beloved NATO strap was invented or first uh um introduced into the uh military styles in 1973 and thought okay that's a great starting point this is it's a strap that we've always wanted to introduce into our range that can then be transformed into other collections that we've produced um and then from there we thought okay well we've looked at styles that we've done and the lead up to that we've done everything from racing to aviation and military and cushion cases you name it and thought we need to produce a a diving style so let's get to to work and start generating these these ideas centered around that we're in a fortunate position where we are a micro brand and there are four of us operating within the business and, as we speak and we like to push the boundaries of design so we don't want to just look at a, a diving watch from the 70s and thought well we're just gonna put our logo on, on that stone and, and there we have it we want to modernize these every time but the, but over the years we've We've built up this brand DNA that has grown to be quite unique to us, um, a a language that people have got used to, a lot of our collectors have got used to. So we're kind of treading in the territory now where not anything goes. We still need to pay reference to, to the stars of that time, but we effectively want to do what whatever we want to do. We want to use the colors we want to use. We want to use the materials we want to use. If something looks right and something feels right, then that's the direction we usually tend to, tend to go down. And yeah, that's, this is what's allowed these unique looking styles to basically happen. Um, we're designers first and foremost. Um, myself and uh, my business partner and friend, John, uh, we both come from design backgrounds. And these are the, this, the, the the things we're trying to get across. is It doesn't just need to follow the rules. We can bend the rules. We can bend them as far as they go before they break. And that's where we get into a point where we've developed, you know, we've almost built this Marmite situation where you've got the people that absolutely get it and absolutely adore it. And then the people that don't want to come near you. And, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine because we need to get, be noticed somehow whether it's good or bad it causes a conversation um and that's what's kind of essentially happened with the 73 we launched that on kickstarter last year because all of our all of our exhibitions were cancelled we usually like to get out and talk to enthusiasts at classic car shows and air shows and things like that and that was all gone because of covid and we needed to revisit crowdfunding where we started and felt that we could put a package together that was going to be reasonably successful which it was and we've we're absolutely going to be revisiting that this year um, into the foreseeable until we feel that you know things are back to how they were before and we can uh, rely on the, the face-to-face meetings and the, uh, and the and the like
0: i very gratefully get contacted by a lot of, of micro brands and unfortunately a lot of them i can't i can't really accommodate them. Uh, just based on, you know, my, my schedule and things like that for doing reviews. But the second that I saw the the watch, especially the, the 1973, which is probably my favorite in the collection, but when you look at the other collections, they're, they've got a very distinctive design. And I, I like that yeah. about some watches because you know that, yeah, some people aren't going to like the, the design, but the person that that, that speaks to is going to love the watch. It, it, that's going to sure. be their personality in a watch. Yeah. That's what I like. And that's the
1: here. people. That's like the, that's like the, that's we're we're trying to reach out to those people because that's the this, this is the people we like to meet. We like to talk to people that just want something different. Um, and we try to. It's not like we go away every year and think, oh, what can we come up with this year that's completely different and is going to shock everybody. It's about this thread that has started at the very beginning and like literally pulling it all the way through every single collection so there's always references to the previous style and there's there's always this it's there's this sort of gradual evolution from one case to another and the ideas that, we've, that we're putting across is there's always something that relates to what we've done previously but you know, I'm the first to admit, we we try so hard to break as many of the rules as we can before people don't get it anymore. Like, that's what we do. We can't help ourselves. We like to just push and push and push. Um, yeah, and we've seen success from, from doing that and a lot of attention.
0: The You mentioned that the most of the range is mechanical now, and you said that you started off with quartz. I think quartz is a, a great way to start a brand. I think a mm, lot of... Mm brands i think the ones that are very successful at micro brands like veo they offer both quartz and mechanical versions but i think if you're starting a brand i think that's maybe people sometimes overshoot to go to mechanical but talking about the mechanical movements that you use are they i know you said they were citizen branded so is it the are you using miota movements in these yeah
1: we're using miota we um We use the 9015, you've got an A217. We've um, investigated other um, manufacturers over the years um, when it's been our prototypes and development models, Um, but we're happy with those. We can service and maintain those ourselves. And if somebody wants to do it themselves, they can do that too. And they're just extremely reliable and incredible movements in like, even on the, 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 the earlier um, eight series range, we, I I, I don't know what it is. And we find that they're actually more stable than the slimmer series for some reason. And, you know, people kind of turn their nose up at um, uh, earlier style movements. And that's absolutely fine. People can do that. But then when we've thought long and hard about a particular Development in the watch and what we need that to achieve and the kind of expectation that people get from it then we kind of make those decisions based on that alone rather than you know how can how is this going to save us money how is this going to do that how is that going to do that it's more a case of um what movement is going to work in this watch like which one are we are we trying to be using which one's the most suitable and we've been we've had that relationship with them for 10 years and we're extremely happy with their products and you know in with this brand and with this specific collection and series that we're producing year on year, we're, we're, we're happy to, 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 to stick to that, um, stick to that setup for sure.
0: Should we talk about the, the new release now? You've sent me some, some images. So let me just flash some up here. So this is the, this is the new range. So yeah. So thanks for sending that over. Obviously another very distinctive looking, I think it's a, Maybe it's a homage to a pilot's gauge in a in a plane. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to talk through the inspiration behind this one.
1: Yeah, let's do that. So we, I think, what year would it have been? Nine, uh, 2016, 2017, we released um, a 1940s edition pilot watch. And it has been so incredibly successful for us that in the background, as we've been releasing every collection, John and I have been basically screaming to do this almost like modern warfare take on it. And because we're both born in the 80s, we thought, okay, we've got to do something really, really special this year. Um, And we've um, essentially created 10 separate designs this time. So we've only ever done that once before where they've got completely unique things going on in each, on each dial uh, variation. Um, We've basically chosen every year in the 80s, um, packaged them up within this collection that we've, Lovingly called Final Countdown um, and taken reference from various military hardware, uh, uh, you know, airplane insignia, um, things, events that occur throughout um, 80s, 80s military development, and produce them in a in a case and watch that we've kind of proudly just called ourselves rather than thinking, yeah, what did watches look back, look like in the 80s? What did they do? What did they do? Um, this time we've just thought we're just going to go hell for leather on producing something that is no one has p- possibly seen before. Um, and, um, yeah, allowed some pretty cool looking dial executions and material finishes to, to occur. So what you're seeing right now are essentially our... Uh, we, we start with the sketches, we produce our initial CADs on a piece of software called Illustrator. We then move on to um, Rhino 3D. And at that point, we um, sign off the the, um, the components, have them engineered in Pro Engineer, And we uh, publish all of the, all the technical drawings as well as the 3D models ready for rendering. So we use a package called Keyshot which is um, something I dabbled with at university and have kind of allowed to um, uh, develop as a watch designer for this brand. Um, and we've, um, we've now uh, actually building the prototypes as we speak um, for this collection ready for um, final photography when it comes to the actual uh, Kickstarter campaign. But we, you know, we didn't wanna just, um, Hide away and not share these with people. Um, they're as close to a, a real-life um, representation of what what the watches will look like. Um, I'm pretty confident that um, yeah, we yeah, our critical path is sort of built to um, reach the quality that people have come to expect from us now. Um, so yeah, there was there was no reason for us not to start sharing these these drawings with people. So we. Every September we sit down with our followers and say, okay, well, what do you want to see this year? These are the designs we're thinking, and they've put their um, thoughts across. And we spend months and months developing this collection with them, and we share these ideas to watch forums and Facebook groups and all these kind of things. And um yeah, it's become a lot more uh full-on every year, for sure, that's for sure. And you get a lot of uh reaction to them let's let's just say that <laughs> you've got to remember you're sharing these to everybody so as much as people love them people hate them and that's fine and that goes back to what we we're saying earlier like we're not purposefully going out there to annoy people we're just one we need to be different to be noticed and and it's nice when people do turn around and say, oh my God, that is amazing. And because they've never seen anything like it before. And that's what we're trying to tap into.
0: I'm amazed at this, that you think the watch collecting community has strong opinions on things. And- <laughs> <laughs> this is a complete eye opener to me. <laughs> uh, it's it. I have to say it's, it's out of my comfort zone.
1: Cause I don't like reading reviews. I don't like reading comments. I, it, uh, distracts me and it stops me from doing the things that I think are right about our brand and it's been a real learning curve for me to not that I can't accept criticism but it's uh, yeah when you've put so much time and effort into into something for you know you 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 might have a thousand comments uh, and 999 of them are they think you're right and it's always that one that is just like oh this is terrible and it just sticks in your mind and you think oh no but um, that's part of the parcel of of running a a watch brand that's so distinct I guess.
0: Yeah absolutely so what what are the details then so this is your you've got 3D models you've having
1: Mm. Mm. yeah John's um the we're following the same critical path as last year same the same timeline as last year uh but with a a a bit bolted onto the beginning so we spent way more way longer on the development of the watch this time because we wanted to allow it to develop and evolve a little bit further than we did previously um but in terms of the the development and the uh you know we're going to include everything including you know filming and photography and the final assembly and we're basically at a like for like to to last year so we launched a kickstarter in april last year we'll be doing the same again this year and having a delivery um before christmas so but we've we're very transparent with this timeline um we make sure everybody knows that you know everybody's constantly it's constantly updated whether. It's almost daily across social media. Um, it's certainly monthly when it comes to things like YouTube, for example, where you talk face-to-face to the camera and let people know who you are and whereabouts we are with the project. And we sometimes, you know, we have kind of have to um, be um, considerate to the people that collect our watches wow. because as much as we want to get excited about the next collection, um, we know that there's, a, there's almost like a a crossover within our timeline from one collection to another and if they haven't got their watch <laughs> and we're already designing the next one it's has been like oh, what's going on guys but we have to absorb that the best way we can otherwise there's no way we can actually produce the watch so September we begin to sort of phasing the idea of the new watch after we've um you know finished everything like shows and crowdfunding um, but we'll only ever share sketches and then the real excitement happens post Christmas when we start discussing discussing the new star.
0: Notice you're a member of the British Watch and Clockmakers Association. I just interested to know like how important that is to you and, and why you decided to, to join because there's it's amazing to see the number of brands on there. I know it was Christopher Ward was, was pioneered this with uh, Roger Smith and a few others, but just want to talk a bit about why you why you're part of it and, and why why it's important to be a member.
1: Every example on that website, they do something different and they add, they, they, they add something to, to the industry. Um, when they first approached us to say, you know, like we wanna, we wanna feature you, we absolutely jumped at the chance. Um, and I think it's basically allowed every brand to present what they're best at in a really nice way. And when it comes to um, seeing this in action, the, the, the reasons as to why we, why we wanted to be on there and what it's brought us, you know, comes from knowing where our visitors from our website come from. I see it all the time, links to British watchmakers from visitors coming from that avenue to come look at our website and explore. It just, I just feel like we're all of a sudden part of a club. We were quite focused on, because we're different, I like to think we produce designs that aren't just run of the mill. We kind of um, not exa- yeah, isolated ourselves in a way and um, thinking, um, you know, we're not really like them. We're not really like that. But then we kind of slowly learned that, well, actually, we all do different things. So like this brand over here does that, this brand does that, this brand does that. And you look at that list and it's so diverse that we feel, yeah, we want to be part of this club where we're all allowed to do what we want to do. Um, and that was essentially why we wanted to join. Um, and it's nice to have their support and encouragement. And uh, you know, it's not to say that we're in constant communications with each other, but like whenever anything is new happen, they'll be like one of the first, if not the first people to know about what we're doing. Um, yeah, and it's just nice to you know, for us to to link to them and for them to link to us and champion what each company is doing within in this country is quite a nice feeling
0: sam really appreciate you joining me i'll leave a link to author brand in the description down below but thanks for joining me
1: no thank you it's been great thanks very much appreciate it
0: thanks for watching and listening and i'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye